today on Lawyers Rising. The big thing with networking is you really kind of need to know what you want. Why you must network to find legal positions as an attorney. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Harrison, good morning. Good morning. So we're going to talk today about something we've been circling around a little bit in our previous conversations, but we're really going to go into depth about how to market yourself as an attorney, which I'm really interested in looking at in some in some detail. But before we do that, and we're going to talk about all the very di- various different places that you can look uh, for jobs and where to market yourself, maybe we should just start with that kind of broader idea of thinking of yourself in marketing terms. Again, something that's maybe not focused on a lot in law school, if at all, but is kind of central to building a successful career. Can you set this up a little bit for us? Sure. I mean, you know, most attorneys do not think that much about marketing. And, uh, you know, and when you're marketing yourself, regardless of, you know, what kind of job you're going after, whether it's a, you know, a job in house or in a law firm or, or whatever, um, you know, you, you need to understand some, some basic concepts of marketing. And, you know, one of the most basic concepts that, um, you know, that most businesses follow is, you know, you see businesses and they'll advertise on television. Uh, they'll send letters in the mail. They'll, uh, be on the radio, they'll have billboards, they'll be in magazines, they'll be in newspapers. And, you know, really what they're doing is they're, you know, they're trying to find people wherever they are. Oh, you know, see them in internet and, you know, internet ads and, um, you know, and, and so they're, you know, they're using multiple ways of marketing themselves. And, you know, and the idea is, is the more ways you market yourself, I mean, the more, more likely you are to, to find what you're looking for. And the biggest mistake that a lot of attorneys make and law students too, is that they, they only use one way of marketing themselves. So for example, they may just use, um, you know, online job boards, or they may just, you know, send out some letters to some firms or, you know, rely on networking. And when you're looking for a position, you really need to use every single method out there. Okay, let's dig into each of these in turn, starting with um, probably the most important one, at least in my view, which is networking. And in this context, networking, not just, you know, building a a nice LinkedIn portfolio of of friends and acquaintances and colleagues, but really drawing on those people, in fact, directly asking those people for either job opportunities or advice about where to find job opportunities. Um, People can get kind of squeamish about this, about reaching out to people. Why do you think that is? Why why are people not that inclined to just ask the people closest to them for help? Well, I think a lot of times people may, um, you know, they, they, first of all, they may, they may be shy or nervous. And, and I think that that's a big, uh, you know, one of the big things is people may be afraid and, you know, one of the first times that I tried to, um, you know, network and, and get a job was I, I mailed some letters, you know, to, to uh, you know, some attorneys that, that I knew the and in uh, Detroit and, you know, looking for a summer job. And when I called one of them, he, you know, he practically hung up on me. And I've had, you know, a lot of bad experiences, you know, networking. And so, it, you know, you people can you know, hang up on you, they can be rude, you know, all sorts of, you know, negative things. I mean, exactly what you fear might happen can happen, you know, when you're, you know, looking for a job trying to network. So I think that that's one of the things. And then the other thing that gets in the middle of it is, you know, ego. A lot of times people don't want to owe anybody anything. 
Yeah. And when it comes to actually utilizing your network to find jobs, it can be quite effective. You've pointed out some of the fears and some of the realities um, that justify those fears about why networking can be kind of uncomfortable and a little weird sometimes, mm -hmm. but it can also really work. Um, I, I don't know specifically from my own career, it has worked on a number of occasions yourself as well. Can you talk about why it's so important to reach into this stream to uh, market yourself in your career, maybe the most important stream? Well, the thing is, is that, you know, when somebody... When you come recommend, I mean, well, humans are just kind of hardwired not to trust other people, you know. So, I mean, if you, you know, you're, you, know, you don't typically trust people. And, and so everyone, you know, is afraid of trusting other people. And so, you know, the problem is, is when you have, you know, you know, like, you know, you may have hundreds of people applying for a job. If one person, if of out of that group of, in, you know, out of the group of people that may be qualified for the job, if one person is sort of vouched for, then, you know, that can just make a, a huge difference. And, you know, whether or not uh, the person's interviewed and hired. And, you know, so that that can make a, uh, you know, a, a, a big difference. And, you know, and the big thing about networking, though, is that, uh, you know, I think that 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 connection that you get with people and, you know, if somebody anytime someone's asked for help, you know, they, they, they really do want to help. I mean, you know, people it's, it's flattering to be asked for help. And, you know, sometimes if somebody's very busy, they may not want to get help, but give help. But most of the time, um, you know, people are, are flattered and they know people. And, and, and I, and one of the things is, you know, everybody kind of knows, uh, you know, roughly, uh, you know, between some, something the average person knows between one and 500 people. And so if you know a hundred people and they know a hundred people and they know a hundred people, I mean, the, you know, pretty soon, I mean, that's over a million people. So it's, it's very, very effective when you're networking because there's so many people, you know, that, that you can find that can, you know, give you assistance, if that makes sense. It does. And I wonder if you can go into a little bit more detail about how to do this correctly. As you mentioned, I mean, um, you can annoy people if you just phone them up and do this the wrong way. What would you say in just like real concrete terms is the best way to market yourself uh, with your existing network? Well, um, what I recommend people do is I always recommend that people, uh, you know, you, you write down, uh, you know, kind of a list of all the people that you know. And, you know, once you write down that list of the people that you know, you know, you find some reason to get in touch with them. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it could be just reconnecting and chatting. And then, you know, then the next person can lead to another and you can say, oh, I was talking to so-and-so and you came up in the conversation. And you really don't want to bring up anything to do with the job search or looking for a job search. And you just kind of want to make it a habit to check in with people and see how they're doing, you know, every several months and, you know, maybe every six months. And, you know, but the thing is, when you when you check in with people and you ask them about their career and people when they're young typically talk about their career and what they're doing, you know, people will ask you also how you're doing. And, you know, when someone asks you how you're doing, you can say, you know, you can mention that you're, you know, unhappy in your current position or you don't know what you're doing or you might want to move to another city or if you're unemployed that you're unemployed and you know but you're looking and that sort of thing and um, you know and, and then that just kind of puts you know plants a seed in someone's mind it's, it's much more effective to you know get something without asking for it and have it be someone else's idea than it is for you to be for it to be your idea so that's that's kind of the most you know in my opinion has been the way that's always been uh, the most effective thing for me to network. 
um, you know, is just kind of random contacts with people. But the, the big thing with networking that, that I see that is, is most important is you really kind of need to know what you want. So, you know, most people, you know, you can't just network your way into something. I mean, if you know you want to work in a specific firm or if you know, you know, you want to work in a specific employer, then that, that gives you kind of a laser focus where you can, you know, meet certain people and you can ask them questions about, uh, you know, what it's like to work someplace and that sort of thing. And, and, and that can, that can help you. And, you know, the final thing that I always think is really important with networking is, you know, is, um, you know, asking for, you know, instead of asking someone to, if they could give you a job or something, I mean, that is kind of crazy. The, the, a real secret and a, a thing that uh, they, they teach us in a lot of times in career services offices, and, it, and I think it works very well, is just asking for informational interviews. You know, you can ask someone, you know, what, and just say, I'm, I'm trying to th- decide if I want to be a bankruptcy attorney. Could I talk to you about, uh, you know, what it's like to be a bankruptcy attorney? Or I'm trying to decide if I want to do this or that. And then asking people for informational interviews. And informational interviews are, are fantastic. And so you just, you know, you kind of come in with a bunch of questions about what it's like to work in a certain type of employer, what it's like to do a certain type of thing, or what it's like to work in the city, or, you know, do they have any suggestions of more people you could talk to? And people are flattered when they get that. I mean, if someone contacted me and said they were interested in doing, uh, you know, legal placement, uh, you know, and, you know, especially if they had a great background, I mean, I'd be like, this is fantastic. I'd love to talk to this person and talk about myself for an hour, you know. (laughs) I mean, everybody wants to talk about themselves. So, you know, when you ask people to talk about themselves and then you act like you're interested in what they're doing, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it's a great way of networking. I mean, what have you done in the past, Danny? Yeah, I, I really like that advice a lot about informational interviews. That's such a great um, idea. And I think it is a lot of people's ears perked up when they heard that. Um, but I wanted to focus on something to, that you mentioned just prior to that, which is something I've done a lot, which is uh, know what you want, where you want to work, what market, what exact part of the business you want to work in, uh, and then kind of tabulate a, a list of all the people that uh, and businesses that are working in that uh, that particular field and reach out to them cold call them or cold email them and see what comes back um, again just asking about information and, and introducing yourself you know a lot of the times you will be ignored there's no doubt about it but if you do it enough and consistently enough um, and focused enough I think you can really have a lot of uh, positive uh, reaction to it it's certainly worked for me in the past yeah, I think that's a good. And what, what I mean, do you have any stories about how you've networked into things? Or well, it was exactly that. I think I um, when I was really wanted to move into more of a hosting um, part of the broadcasting business rather than just being a producer writer. I kind of reached out to basically all the uh, talk radio markets uh, in uh, in the part of the world that I was living in at the time, and. Um, Again, didn't get a lot of feedback from it, but did make one very important connection that gave me my first hosting job ever uh, when I was in my mid-20s. So it can work. It really can. I think what people really need to know, though, is that you know it's going to be frustrating, and you kind of got to take the emotion a little bit out of it and don't feel so hurt if no one responds to you. It took me a long time to learn that, that you kind of got to get really analytical about this, and it's a numbers game at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I've noticed is you know, sometimes anytime like uh, – you know, someone's really rude to me or, you know, or someone does something like via email or something, 
you know, in whatever context it is, you know, when they're when they're sort of behind a computer and they say something really mean, and then if you if you contact someone on the phone or if you you know, call them, they're always much nicer. It's really good advice. And, you know, just in my own uh, background as well, uh, when you were trying to get interviews with people, um, this is now for like media interviews, you always try and get them on the phone because it was way harder for them to say no to you if you were physically on the phone than an email where it's very easy for them to either ignore it or just dash off a a tersely uh, composed reply. Yeah. You know, I just really, you know, recommend that, you know, everybody, uh, you know, do whatever they can to, uh, you know, network. And uh, I wrote a long article that's on the BCG website. I mean, it's, uh, you know, where I told, you know, several stories about networking. Um, you know, it's not the it's what we're kind of talking about now with these seven different matters, but it's a, it's a long article. And it's something I'd recommend, you know, reviewing just because, you know, it can really, it can, it can, it can help you. And, uh, you know, and I, and I think that, you know, even if you, you know, one thing that I think that's also important about networking, it doesn't require you to be like, you know, have super good personality skills or, or anything. It's just, it requires you to, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, to, to be a certain type of, of, of person. I mean, you have to be, you know, just out there and trying to meet people and, 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 you know, and help people and so forth. And it's just, it's very, very important. I mean, it's important for getting jobs. It's important for getting business. It's important for opportunities. It's really one of the most important skills. I mean, I think everybody should do whatever they can to, to learn how to do it. So let's talk about another pla- place that people go to find jobs uh, in the legal business. And, and that's just maybe the most obvious one, public job boards. It's the, usually the first place that people go. But um, there's also a lot of problems with them as well, um, and maybe we'll talk about those. We'll, we'll get into some of the reasons why you shouldn't ignore them completely. But you know, the one thing that I've noticed in most public job boards in most fields is that there's a lot of dead jobs on them. They tend to have a lot of uh, padding, uh, and I wonder sometimes if like the monsters of the world, those sorts of job boards, just have those on there to make it look like there's more opportunities than there really are. Can you talk first of all about job boards? Uh, public job boards, that is, uh, in, in broad terms and about some of the problems with them? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's true. I mean, it depends on the public job board. I mean, there's, there's different types of public job boards. I mean, sometimes there's small public job boards, which, you know, many times don't have enough jobs on it to make it worthwhile. Uh, but, you know, you can certainly find something. And then there's large public job boards. And, uh, you know, and they're, they're kind of like, uh, you know, television shows. I mean, their job is to you know, the more eyeballs they get, you know, the, the better off they, they are. So there are a lot of dead jobs on there. And, and um, you know, but the, the way most job sites will work is you'll pay, you know, a certain amount of money and your job will show up for a certain amount of time. Uh, and, and that's just kind of how it works. Or, you know, sometimes the job site will just pick up your, your job from, from another job site and, uh, and run it. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and sometimes it's pay-per-click. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways. But, yeah, there are a lot of ghost jobs and, and, and kind of old jobs on there. And that's, that's a problem. Um, you know, and then the other thing is, you know, there's, there's all sorts of kind of traps on there. Like a lot of times recruiters will run ads, just kind of general ads saying, Oh, we're seeking this kind of person. So you're not really applying to a job. You're applying to a, uh, you know, an, an idea, I guess. And then, but the big thing about public job boards is I see it, uh, you know, and, and really the most difficult thing is, you know, I, I post, you know, jobs on all sorts of job sites when, when, you know, when I'm looking for people and I've been using job sites my entire career. And, 
what, I, what happens with me personally is I'll post a job for something and, uh, you know, and I may get, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, if it's a, you know, depending on the market, I may get 50 applicants the first day and then, you know, 25 the next day and, you know, 20 the next and 20 the next after that. And so what will happen is the first day the job comes up, I'll be very excited and I'll take a look at those 50 applicants and I'll whittle them down to like one or two that I really like. And I'll call those people into interviews. But the idea is the, the, um, the, the applicants keep coming. And if the job's posted for 30 days, I'm going to only look at, you know, I'll, I'll be in the middle of talking to those, you know, two people maybe, and maybe I can only afford to hire one of them uh, because I only have one job. And so all these applicants are going to pile in for days and days and days, but I'm already invested based on what happened, you know, the first three or four hours the job was up. (laughs) So, and that's kind of what happens to a lot of, you know, people on job sites is they, they send in their applications and they don't understand you know, why no one's responding. And it's not to say that I won't respond to an application that comes in on day 26. But, you know, by that time, you know, I've either made an offer or, you know, been talking to other people. And it's just, it's not necessarily uh, something I'm interested in. Does that make sense? It does. Um, But that said, you know, public job boards can still offer some, um, you know, benefits. And, uh, first of all, just to get a kind of a sense of the market um, that you're trying to find a job in. Um, and there definitely are real opportunities there. So do you think they're still worthwhile, um, at least to some degree, when it comes to, to marketing yourself for, for, for a position? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody should be using public job sites as part of their search. I mean, I just it's, it's a little bit harder to get jobs in public job sites because, um, you know, they're public and you know, the biggest ones will push all their jobs up to the top of the search results when people are searching online. So, you know, those jobs will get a lot of applicants. And so, you know, unless you're the highest qualified and one of the first applicants, it's going to be very hard to get the job. But in terms of the benefits, yeah, there's a lot of benefits. I mean, um, first of all, I mean, if, if an employer is paying, you know, hundreds of dollars to post a job online, I mean, they have a job. I mean, they're not, there's no, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, a lot of times law firms will put something up like, you know, on their website that says, oh, we're, you know, we're always seeking qualified applicants in this practice area and stuff. And that's not really a real job. I mean, the public job sites, you know, are real, are real jobs. I mean, uh, you know, and the, the employers, you know, are eager to hire them. They're, you know, they're posting there because no one is networked. You know, they're not, there's no passive job applicants coming in, um, you know, and in most cases, I mean, the employers on, you know, people don't post jobs unless they feel like they're losing money by not filling the job. So, um, you know, so they're, they're going to hire people reasonably quickly if, if the, you know, if, if, you know, you're the right app. Do you have any tips about how to use public job boards the best or the, the, the way to get the most bang for your buck, as it were? Well, the first thing is I would always, you know, make sure you're among the first people to apply. I think that that's very important. Uh, I think that, you know, you want to set up job alerts on public job sites and then, you know, make sure that when, you know, people are applying to the jobs, you're among the first to, to apply because you see it, you know, your, your odds of, uh, you know, getting the position go up dramatically. Um, the next thing is, is, uh, you know, what I like is, you know, and I think is a really smart thing to do is, you know, if you're in a certain practice area, like, let's say you're a, uh, oh, like, a you know, a labor and employment attorney or something, or, a, you know, a, um, 
capital markets attorney. Well, there's associations for capital markets attorneys. There's associations for labor and employment attorneys. There's probably even associations for labor and employment attorneys in New York State or New York City. And, you know, so but there's a lot of niche job. There's a lot of niche uh, associations and job sites out there for different types of practice areas. And those jobs tend not to get as many applicants. And so I like, I like, you know, I like applying to jobs where there's not as many applicants. I mean, that's, that's, you're going to have a much better, you know, shot that way. So the, I like the, the, that would be one of the, you know, ways that I would look for jobs. I mean, there's a, there's a story, um, you know, I think I've told it before, but, you know, I used to be a contractor and, uh, you know, and I would buy new trucks every summer. And, you know, when I, I'm not used trucks and I would never, you know, search for the trucks in the, you know, in the largest publications, I would always find niche publications outside of the major city that I was in in Detroit that where the, where the people that were selling the uh, trucks wouldn't get a lot of uh, people trying to buy, buy things from them. Uh, and, and, that, and then I would be able to get much better deals on the trucks. So instead of paying, you know, $2,000 for a 15 year old truck that ran, I would pay you know, five or 600. So I, I just found like, you know, there's always better opportunities when something's under marketed. We talk a little bit about private job boards and this is a business, you know, well, lawcrossing.com is probably the best known private job board in the legal industry. Um, can you compare and contrast the difference between uh, a private, uh, you know, job board behind a paywall as opposed to the public ones uh, and why you think they offer a, a service worth purchasing? Well, like every law firm, you know, out there, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, not every law firm, but a good portion, probably 60, 70% of them. So I guess that's not every by any portion, stretch of the imagination, but they'll have, they'll put the jobs that they have on their website and, um, and they don't always, you know, they, most of the time they don't broadcast those jobs out to other job sites. So that's right there is one source of, of jobs. And so there's, you know, 50,000 plus, uh, job sites that, uh, of, um, law firms that law crossing monitors. So those are jobs that are undermarketed. And then it's the same thing with association sites and public interest sites and government sites and, um, and then taking jobs off of other job boards as well. Um, you know, that's something that law crossing will look at other job sites, like, you know, small niche sites and so forth and take those jobs. So, you know, when you have all those positions in one place, you know, you're finding jobs and also in companies, there's over, you know, hundred thousand companies that monitor. So, it's just is able to get every single job in the market and then give you that uh, kind of research in one place. And that can be very, very effective if you're looking for a job. That said, there is a bit of negativity out there when it comes to private job boards. Um, people concerned that, you know, having to pay to even just apply for a job seems weird. And, you know, is it even for real? Like, is this a scam or not? How do you, um, I guess assuage those concerns that some people out there in the market have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, I think anybody, anytime somebody, I mean, it's, it's not as really as bad as it used to be. I mean, uh, I think 20 years ago, anytime you had to put your credit card in lines, people assumed it must be a scam. And now people are, are used to paying for services online, but you know, I mean, there's certainly the fact that, I mean, what law crossing does is it's, you know, it does have some exclusive jobs that employers give it, but for the most part, all it's doing is consolidating, you know, publicly available information and putting it all in one place and charging for it. And that's, you know, that has a lot of value and it's a, it's a very expensive thing to do. But I mean, 
you know, selling public information, I think might be, uh, you know, something that people, you know, object paying for. Because if you go to law crossing, I mean, you're going to see all these jobs on law firms that would take you forever to find on your own. And in, but you're going to actually go to the law. It's going to take you to the law firm website, or it's going to take you to a company website or a government website where all that information is. I mean, admittedly, I mean, you'll go to, you know, tens of thousands of different websites that, you know, would take forever to find. That's what it's going to do. Yeah. It is just going to speed the process up. Um, so what's the best way to utilize your service? Do you think like once you pay for and get access to lawcrossing.com, what are some tips that you can provide people about how to get um, now quite literally, there's some paying for their buck. Um, well, I would, you know, one of the things I would do is, is I've noticed, you know, it's, there's a, there's a high percentage of, of firms and, and employers that tend to have jobs that kind of repeat themselves. So, you know, if you're a, um, you know, I mean, what would be an example, like a certain type of patent attorney, like you may be a patent attorney and you may have experience, you know, working, um, with mirrors. I mean, that's just an example, like, you know, lent, mirror lenses or something. I mean, you know, you could go to Law Crossing and look for the, in the Law Crossing archives and do a search and find all of the law firms and companies that have ever had a need for uh, patent attorneys that are experienced doing patents with, you know, mirrored lenses. And, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a pretty cool thing because, you know, that literally might only be like 10 or 12, you know, law firms around the country over the past five years. But, you know, once you find those jobs, you know, that's going to lead you to, you know, the, the places that actually do that work and, and, and they're likely to have a need. Or the same thing goes, you know, if you're, you know, uh, an attorney and you're, and you're, you want to move to, uh, you know, Fresno, like who are the firms that have had op openings in Fresno for real estate attorneys in the past five years? So using that research, I think is really cool because, you know, you can find people that do the different types of work in different practice areas and, and having access to that gives you, uh, the ability to, you know, find openings that you normally wouldn't and to apply to places even when they don't have openings. Because the majority of people that get jobs, uh, you know, get them at, at firms and organizations that don't even have openings. I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit, talking about how to find those, um, those unposted jobs, those opportunities that haven't been posted yet. Um, does cold calling and uh, cold emailing play a part in that uh, once you identify where you want to be and, and even the kind of uh, part of the market, um, the, the geographical location that you want to be in to really uh, to go out and, and actively pursue those individuals and, um, and firms? Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, find all sorts of positions, you know, by just cold emailing and sending letters and calling and connecting with people. And uh, I mean, most, you know, most people, what people don't understand and, and I just wish they did. And I've, I've, this has really been a, a big, you know, push that I've always tried to make with people and, and some people just won't buy it, but I mean, it's, it's true, is, you know, law firms and companies and, and most organizations will hire, you know, for business reasons. They'll hire because, you know, they can make money by hiring you. It, they don't need to have an opening. They, if they believe that they can make money by hiring you, they will hire you. And um, I mean, they have to like you and they have to feel like you're, you know, a good fit for their culture and that they trust you and you have to have the background and, uh, you know, for the position, but, you know, they'll hire you for business reasons. And so, you know, if you cold email and, call, and just apply to someone, you know, they, they, they're likely to be interested in you if they have the work, of course. Can you talk a little bit more about cold emailing and mass mailing to people? Um, you know, people are so inundated in their inboxes these days that it always carries some risk when you're doing 
um, meal that uh, uh, that other, others, others haven't really asked for. But nevertheless, it can be a great way to connect with people. So can you talk about the pluses and minuses of pursuing that um, in, a really, uh, in a really concerted manner, uh, you know, sending out several dozen, even a hundred emails to, um, to uh, you know, certain individuals or firms, um, a good idea or a bad idea? What do you think? Well, I don't like email. Uh, you know, I think a lot of- No one does. Yeah, I don't like email. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, one of the things is our recruiters, for example, at BCG, like what we do is we, you know, when we're contacting a firm on their behalf, I mean, we will, uh, you know, we'll send a letter, like a printed letter. We'll always do that, you know, a nice stationery and it'll be signed. And and then we'll send, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, most of the time, a fax. Uh, and then we'll also um, send an email. And the email will have a, you know, a color formatted letter with our logo and links to online profiles that are private and so forth. And, you know, password protected that the law firm can get into and look at the profile. But the point is, is that, you know, very few people send letters or faxes. And when material arrives that way, it sits on your desk, you look at it, you think about it, it it's more personal, uh, and no one does it. And it's just the smartest thing you can possibly do is, is send a letter to an employer and, and, and it works. And, you know, something that's, you know, we, I, I run a you know, legal recruiting firm and, and I spend, you know, I mean, a lot of money. I mean, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month on postage and, you know, paper and tolls for faxes and people to, you know, stuff envelopes. And, you know, I mean, and, but, and I do that because it, it, it gets huge results. And what, what recruiters always do is like, if someone, you know, leaves and goes to a competing firm or tries to set up a competing firm, they'll always just send emails and so forth. And, and they never ever do as well um, in the business as we do by, you know, hitting people with letters and, you know, faxes and all this stuff and because it, it works. And so, you know, the, these targeted mailings are just a, you know, a huge benefit to people. If you're, if you're looking for a job, you should always, if you take the time and you send a, a printed letter, I mean, it's going to give you um, incredible results compared to, uh, you know, the work that people typically will do when they're trying to, you know, get a job by sending email. So I recommend it. I mean, I think, you know, any, any, any city you go into, like an example would be like Los Angeles. Like right now, there's someone sitting in, you know, I'm, I'm from, for example, from Michigan. And, you know, at least when I live there, I don't know how it is right now, but I think it's fairly similar. I mean, a lot of people want to leave Michigan, especially when it gets cold. I mean, you know, and they would love to go to a market like Los Angeles. And I talk to attorneys all day that would love to leave Michigan or love to leave Ohio and go to a market like Los Angeles. But all they do is look online, apply to jobs online, and they think it's impossible. But if you send letters, I mean, there's literally in Los Angeles, there's probably 4,000 law firms that someone with a litigation background could work at. And you don't have to work at the best one. I mean, you can work at a smaller one. And you know, or a mid-sized one. And so anybody can really get a position in almost any market, you know, if you can get the attention of an employer. And the smartest way of doing that is with a letter. And it goes to an earlier point you made about finding um, underserved parts of the markets or, or places that um, you can access that 
uh, where the crowd isn't. And, you know, physical letters are such a smart idea because everyone's sending emails or DMs in the social media world. No one is using letters anymore, but the post service is still working. So what a great way to, uh, to get into that office. So you mentioned as well there in that comment that you work uh, and own a BCG attorney search, a legal recruiting firm. So we should talk more about that, about legal recruiters and their benefits and, and, and negatives as well. Um, can you set this up a little bit um, about legal recruiters? Again, as it goes with, you know, paying for a private pay, um, a, a private for pay job board, it can be expensive and it requires some money and some investment on your part to, to get a legal recruiter. So why do you think is it worth someone's investment? Well, you know, and the thing is, is a legal recruiter, a good one can place anyone. So, I mean, anyone, I mean, you can't really use a legal recruiter when you're a law student, but, you know, if you've been out of school for a while, I mean, you can't. And, um, you know, so I, I think it's very smart for people to use legal recruiters. I mean, but it's like anything. I mean, there, it's a it's a middleman service and there's good ones and there's bad ones. And, uh, you know, and uh, you know, I believe that I'm, you know, in our company is the best in the world at it. But I mean, there's there's people that have skills and, you know, and, and certain people aren't good at it. I mean, it's a it's a very difficult, you know, it's like an art form of a profession to be good at. And, uh, you know, and certain people are good at it and others aren't. Well, that's just it. And there can be, uh, as with, you know, scam job boards, can you scam recruiters as well that'll just take your money and, and not leave you with much of anything. So what tips would you give to people to discern the good from the bad? about when you're um, trying to get somebody on your team to, to find a job for you? Well, the first thing is, is you need to find someone that you're comfortable working with. I mean, that's that's one of the most important things. So there needs to be, you know, a, um, you know, a connection with a recruiter to some extent, um, or you need to have a lot of confidence in, in, the, in the person that you're working with. And, you know, one of the things is in terms of the way the industry is now, uh, you know, it used to be that like there, a recruiter would work with a couple of law firms, you know, maybe a handful of them or, or even one in some instances. And then with that law firm, the recruiter would, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, pretty much fill all their needs. And, and that was when it was a more, you know, employer centric market driven by employers. And now it's really driven by candidates. And so, you know, it's, it's become in addition to requiring very good relationship skills, it's it's become a very data intensive business. So, you know, on, on our end, I mean, it requires, uh, you know, for every recruiter we have, I mean, we have seven or eight people like, you know, doing work behind the scenes to, to find, uh, you know, positions and to, you know, to, to make sure that the, you know, the, the candidates profiles updated with positions. And there's just, there's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, the, the, it's very, very research intensive. And, you know, and, and most rec- recruiting firms, o- almost all of them are, don't do that research. I mean, they just represent a few people. So, you know, you can work for a recruit, you can, you know, get a position with a recruiting firm that may represent a few people, or you can get one, or, you know, that represents, you know, a lot of employers. It's just kind of, you know, depends on you. But the most important thing, I think, is, you know, who you're comfortable with. And there's good there's good people in the business and there's bad and, you know, and it's, and, you know, you should ask questions. I mean, there's a lot of resources to read about the business on the BCG website. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, what I would recommend, but you, you know, you need to work with someone that, that knows what they're doing. And the problem with the, the legal placement business is there's, you know, recruiting is there's no barrier to entry. So almost anyone can set up and say, you know, the recruiter, I mean, you still have to go out and the firms have to, uh, 
allow you to work for them. And, um, and the firms can be very selective about the people that they trust with their openings and so forth. But I mean, once you get over that hurdle, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's certain firms that will work with you. And, uh, and you know, some firms have, you know, uh, contracts with a few firms and others have them with hundreds. Uh, you know, it just depends. I mean, most of them don't, but I mean, most, you know, um, we have, you know, I don't know, probably thousands of contracts with firms, but it just depends on, you know, who, you know, what kind of recruiter you want to use. You know, the other thing too about recruiters is that it allows you a kind of an alternative perspective on your career. Um, people can get real. It's hard to see the forest from the trees. Everyone knows this. It's hard to be kind of honest with yourself about what your weaknesses are. Um, and just to have like a neutral third party to kind of look at you, uh, look what you have to offer uh, and, and give you some feedback is just hugely beneficial, I think. Because when you're out there by yourself looking for jobs, it can be a pretty lonely experience. So just to have that camaraderie, I think, is is really important. Yeah. I mean, one the one final thing I would say about recruiters it, that's kind of interesting to me is that, you know, most recruiters in this business, you know, if you go and you go to like, you know, a you know, most online, you know, news sites and stuff, and you see recruiters advertising, most of them will only work work with like, you know, the biggest law firm. So that means, you know, you have to have gone to a big law school, you have to be, you know, out of law school between one and five years, or you have to, um, you know, um, you know, have business and stuff. And there's kind of a real kind of myopic view of the profession and, um, and only working with the top people and only working with the top firms. And that's just, to me, that's insane. I mean, you know, I work with every different type of attorney uh, I work with, you know, and our company does. And, and um, you know, we place people every day of the week. And it's, you know, but it's not just at the largest firms. It's also with, you know, employers and firms of all sizes. And, you know, so you definitely, uh, you know, if you, if a recruiter knows what they're doing, they can look at anybody's background and, and find some positive in it and probably place them. And so you shouldn't, you know, take the, you know, a lot of times if a recruiter says they can't work with you, they don't, you don't have the qualifications, uh, you know, they may just not know what they're doing, uh, you know, because, you know, anybody can represent a great candidate to a great firm, but very few recruiters have the skills to get people into all sorts of different markets and, you know, and, and other, and, and so forth. So, I mean, that's one caution, I guess I would give. And with um, recruiters as well, it's interesting. I've heard you speak before about how you have like ongoing relationships with lawyers out there that you just will, they'll reach out to every few months just to get a sense of where the market is in, in a particular city uh, or in a particular part of the industry. And, and having a recruiter uh, in your kind of contact databases is really useful to have going even after you get a job just to be able to get a broader sense of where the market is right now to be able to to plot your next move as it were yeah i mean um you know that's that's a great point i mean yeah and just getting kind of ongoing advice from recruiters and uh asking questions and yeah and there are people out there that do that i mean i had i had a phone call yesterday from um you know someone that uh you know was interesting there's uh, you know, it, probably I would say one of the top two or three firms in the country. And he's one of the, you know, top partners there. And, uh, you know, and he checks in with me, uh, you know, quite often, you know, and, you know, so just to see how things are going and what's going on, if I heard of anything. And then, uh, and then one of the, the you know, one of the, the, the most, uh, you know, uh, Info, you know, the attorney attorney in Los Angeles, you know, has over thirty million dollars in business, which is very, very good. <laughs> you know, for an attorney, he 
you know, one time he called me just to ask me, you know, what's going on in the market. And, you know, it's the people that have the most, uh, the most power and the most control and the most, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, tend to tend to do the best. And so, uh, you know, so I, I always, you know, I, I would just, you know, say that, you know, you should never be the person that's afraid of asking questions and stuff, because honestly, it's the most powerful people that, um, that I've seen check in with me the most often. So I'd like to wrap up this conversation about the different avenues people can take to market themselves. Um, is a sector that I really didn't know anything about or an option I didn't really know anything about done for you legal job search services. Um, can you tell me what those are? I know you run one law car crossing concierge. What is that exactly? How does it work? And, and why do you think it is, could be beneficial for people to find work? Well, it just depends on like how busy you are and, you know, and so forth. So, you know, law crossing concierge will, you know, it's just, we have a group of people and they, they sit in, you know, in a room and they work together and they each, you know, there's, they have people that they work with and, um, and then they um, will, uh, you know, every day they'll, they'll look at the person's background, they'll find new positions for them and then they'll send them, um, you know, uh, openings, uh, you know, that match. And so, uh, so that, that can be, uh, you know, a very effective thing. I mean, uh, and then they'll actually go and they'll apply to the openings. And it can take a while to apply to some because there's some kind, you know, some, you know, law firms and companies, ha- you know, ask a bunch of questions. So you have to answer a bunch of questions and then they'll kind of do the applications for you. I mean, the nice thing is, is if you use a do it job, done for your job search service, someone's applying for openings for you every day, uh, you know, and, um, you know, and that, and that can be very useful. Yeah, and I can see how this could be especially useful for somebody that's uh, already in the midst of their career putting in, you know, six, 60 plus hours a week. This is a great tool to have that uh, someone is doing this for you so it doesn't get forgotten, um, which is kind of the biggest hurdle people have to get over when they're leading very busy lives. Um, do you have any other tips about how to use and how to pick a, a, a done-for-you job search service um, and the, the, the best way to get to the most for your, from your investment? You know, I, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the biggest thing that I, I tell people is, you know, the most important thing is to look at a lot of markets. I think, you know, if you're having someone apply to positions for you, you should try to, you know, in using law crossing concierge, you really need to, uh, you know, have people applying to as, as many uh, markets as you possibly can uh, for you. And then you need to, you know, uh, you know, and then you need to just give very clear instructions and, you know, you try and you want to be kind of like broader in terms of your practice area rather than very narrow a lot of times. And, you know, the point is just to get in the door I mean, you need to get in the door, um, you know, as many places as you possibly can. And that, and, um, and, and that's kind of what I like about law crossing concierge and it works. I mean, a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, partners and, you know, major law firms use it, um, you know, ones that may, may have business or in most cases, um, you know, uh, just use it because they don't have the time or senior associates and so forth. Cause it, it could take a while. I mean, if, you know, you figure if you're paying someone, you know, to look for jobs for you and apply to them, I mean, they're spending, you know, a couple hours of their time, uh, you know, doing that and per week and, I'm sorry, per day, even, you know, when they're they have to apply to them. And that that's an expense, you know, where your time may be more valuable that you're better off giving to someone else. Uh, there's one final thing I actually forgot to mention, um, which is law school career services offices. I mean, everyone's probably familiar with those coming out of law school, but that's a, um, a service that you can take advantage of right through your career, not just immediately after you graduate, right? Yeah, I think law school career services offices are awesome. I mean, I think 
um, you know, uh, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, when, when I lost students are in school, I mean, they're, they're kind of looking for jobs in the fall or looking, you know, and, or, or in the, um, you know, right towards the end of school and, and, and the career services office can get very busy and, and sometimes they get the sense that, you know, they don't want to work with them and it's just not true. I mean, the career services have just major resources. They have relationships with law firms, they have relationships with government offices and they know kind of, you know, if people actually seek out their help, they can help you. And, you know, I've hired lots of people through law school career services offices. So I think, you know, I think it's just a massive, like an awesome, uh, you know, way for people to get jobs. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, and again, I mean, it's all it takes, you know, for you to find the best job for you, uh, you know, is, is one lead. And, you know, if you're using your career services offices and you're doing all these different things, I mean, you should be able to just knock it out of the park with all this. And so, yeah, I, I recommend everyone, you know, if you can contact your career services office. And they may also see things you're doing wrong with your resume or, you know, your cover letter, or they may, they can even do mock interviews and, and tell you things that you need to do. Or, you know, if they're re recommending you to an employer, I mean, you know, the law school career services offices can put in a good word for you with different employers. And that's a form of networking. You know, if a, I've hired people before through uh, career services offices and, you know, and, the, and a lot of times the people that I hire, they'll say something like, I think you'll like this person. And, and that ends up being the person I hire. So, uh, cause I look at them more closely. So they may, they may send me 20 resumes and I may, I'll say, you know, and, and the person that I hire will be the person they tell me to take a closer look at. You said something there that I really want to focus on because it's, I think, the perfect way to wrap up this conversation, which is that all you need is one great lead. That's all you're looking for. And I think people that have listened to this and seen all these different avenues that you've out, uh, lined up here in the last 40, 45 minutes um, should be really charged up and, and ready to get out there uh, and cast that net as widely as possible because it is a numbers game. And so get in there as widely as possible and you will find something really great. That's right. Thanks for making time for me once again, Harrison. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.